Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 279. Last week we were lucky enough to sit down with Georgia all the way from the UK and today she's our guest on the podcast. The songwriter and producer recently released her third studio record, which is entitled Euphoric, and was in Australia last week in support of said record. Now, before you listen to our in-person chat with Georgia, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you find good podcasts on and ensure you're following us across all of our social media channels. Now, details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Georgia. The UK producer, songwriter and singer began her musical journey as a drummer for artists like Kay Tempest and then began releasing dance and club music of her own back in 2015. From there, she built up her chops as a go-to songwriter around the UK and it was her second record, Seeking Thrills, that really resonated with people, which went as far as getting her nominated for a Mercury Prize. It also found Georgia working with a number of her heroes. Now, whether that was collaborating with acts like Mira Massa or Gorillaz, songwriting with Years and Years and Shania Twain, or touring with artists like The Flaming Lips. Having previously recorded her first two records in her bedroom back in the UK, Georgia thought that it was time to try something new for her third record and ended up over in Los Angeles recording the record with Rostam, who some of you might know from his work with Haim or Carly Rae Jepsen. He was previously a member of Vampire Weekend and we've previously had him on this podcast as well. The results of those sessions proved to be very fruitful and last month we were gifted with Euphoric, the third studio record from Georgia. While in Australia last week, we were lucky enough to fly over and chat with Georgia about everything Euphoric. We discussed the songwriting approach that she took with Rostam and the immediate success of those sessions. We talk about her experiences as a songwriter and in particular what it is like to work with one Miss Shania Twain and we also chat about her thoughts on Australia and whether we can expect to see her back for a tour soon. Euphoric is out now and we've left links in the show notes where you can buy or stream the record. We also want to say a massive thank you to Lucy from Domino Recordings for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Georgia. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Georgia. Hello. (laughs) Hi, hello. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Happy to be here in a kind of sunny Melbourne. Which is a weird sentence to say, (laughs) it is. I know. It's 
kind of blue skies, although it does look like it's about to cloud over. It does a little bit, but um, you are here in Australia. We're here sitting in the offices of Domino here in Australia, so thank you very much for your time today. No, amazing. It's, um, I'm very happy to be part of your podcast. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking just a second ago about how you are here, but it's a little bit of a whirlwind trip that you're, you're mm. kind of in and out within a week. Mm. How I think even when I was... Um, obviously doing all my prep for today and kind of wanting to see what's been going on with yourself for the last number of months. I think you were doing like a record store tour even last week in a different country. So how are you feeling? How are you keeping up? (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's that sort of the couple of weeks into the release of the record. So you do these in stores and yeah, it's, it's just a chance to get kind of up close and personal with the fans and um, like I sign stuff and, you know, give them hugs and, you know, it's just a really nice intimate way of, yeah, of connecting. Um, and it has been, it's been really interesting going to the different countries and doing it. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's been really fun and I'm just so thankful to be here in Australia, you know, it feels like, yeah, it feels a bit crazy. It's crazy how music, it suddenly all becomes very real that um, music can connect in mm. different areas of the world, you know, and you're sort of like, wow, this is, this is kind of nuts <laughs> in a way. Do you find the, um, the fans different at each kind of different country in terms of the, rec- like the in-store appearances? Yeah, um, they do. I mean, I haven't done that many here. I can only really speak of, like, in Europe or the U- the UK. And, like, yeah, it does differ in, in different places. Like, we did... There's a place in the UK called Nottingham. And um, there's a Rough Trade, which is a big record shop mm-hmm. in, in the UK. And I did that in-store in Nottingham. And I was expecting, like kind of muso like men to turn up you know because I just thought that's the type of thing and it was literally like 13 year old girls like all and I was just like wow this is bizarre they just come back like finish school and then like headed to the record shop so that was really yeah that was really cool so it does yeah it does I don't know you can't really predict it I don't think which is Fair enough. I, with this new record, we are talking about your brand new record, which is out now. It's mm. euf- the album is called Euphoric. The single is called It's Euphoric, just to, for clarification. Um, but it is a brilliant album. So, first, congratulations oh, on this you. record. It's um, I have been listening to uh, your um, management very kindly sent it through mm. before it's released. So, thank you for that. Um, mm. But I don't know how to place this record in terms mm. of. I feel like it's a it's a dance record, but it's not a club record. It's like an outside club record, if you will. Mm. There's a lot of organic kind of sounds, but we're still mm. remaining within a dance music realm. Mm. How, I guess, firstly, how are you feeling now that the record's out, now that you've been able to kind of share these songs with everyone? Well, I think, first of all, I think you're right. You can't really place this record. Mm. It's... Um when we were, when I say we, me and Rostam, when we were kind of creating this record, we did want the energy of a of a dance record. We wanted the energy of like a discovery by Daft Punk or, you know, that sort of thing. But then we wanted like the sound textures of like 
out, outdoors, so like nature, so not in the club necessarily. And I do think there's a difference really when you make club dance music mm. to kind of maybe thinking about dance music in a bit more of a, we call it back home, Balearic mm-hmm. vibe. Um, so in Ibiza there was a form of dance that came around called the Balearic dance and it was very much influenced by the island and like you know partying outside and stuff like that so um yeah that's what we kind of set out really to achieve um and uh, yeah I think it's 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 just amazing to see it come out and now kind of go into the ether of the music world (laughs) and see if it connects or you know it's just so hard releasing music these days it's just like so much music so um you know I'm just happy that it's being well received and you know 100% I think from from an outsider's perspective it seems like it is being well received it seems like it's getting great reviews um You've already played an in-store in Sydney, which I saw had quite a few people attending. I think um, a friend of the podcast and someone who might have interviewed you before, mm. David James yeah. Young. Yes, yes. So shout yeah. out to, to shout David. Shout out to Dave, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks as though people are really connecting with this album, which yeah. I kind of love. It is a brilliant record. Um, as you mentioned, you worked with Rostam yeah. on the record, who is known for his work in Vampire Weekend, mm-hmm. um, but also with artists like Haim yeah. and I think Carly Rae Jepsen as yeah. well, which yeah. is a bit more, I want to say, pop-focused than maybe some of your previous collaborators. Was that intentional? I know I think there was a there was a DM somewhere between a new massa demo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, was that... I guess a discussed thing or was it just like organic with how you guys came to the sound? Um, well, the, the initial kind of contact was, um, was very much like he got in contact with me cause he heard the Muramasa demo live like we're dancing and, and, and loved it and sort of wanted to reach out to, to say, you know, if, if I was ever in LA, come over to the studio and stuff like that. And I was, you know, very excited and very um, overwhelmed by that of message, course, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so I'm such a huge fan of, of his. Um, and then, you know, I, I fast forward sort of like months. So I, I was in LA and um, yeah, and I got a couple of days free and I messaged him and so I've, he said, sure, come over. Um, and we hadn't really just talked or discussed about what we were going to do if we got in the studio together. There was not really... There was just me kind of being enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and within the first hour of that meeting, um, we wrote It's Euphoric. So right. everything you hear on that single is actually everything we laid down that day. Crazy. So it just <laughs> happened really, like, musically, it happened completely organically. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, for me, it was so special. And it was a definitive moment in my decision, really, of how, how to approach the next record. And that was even before Seeking Thrills came out. So yeah, yeah, right. um, it was, yeah, it was very organic between us. And, um, you know, it doesn't always work out like that, really. Well, 100%. I was going to ask, um, and, and I'm going to come back around to the album, but I was going to ask about collaboration because I feel like mm. um, you've kind of had these experiences with very different artists, but all, like, incredible songwriters. I think you've, uh, with, as we mentioned, Rostam, um, 
we had the lovely Wayne Coyne on the pod earlier <laughs> yeah. in the year, which, Did is, you? Um, yes, oh, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and so I know you've collaborated with, yeah. with him and the Flaming Loops. And I think... Um, Please correct me if this one's wrong. Shania, did you write yeah. with Shania Twain? Yeah. That firstly, that's wild. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I guess, how do you find collaboration or how do you work as a collaborator when it comes to the, all these different artists and the mm. kind of songs that they make? I've been very lucky, really. Over the years, it's just all happened very organically. It hasn't really come through my record label or publishers or, like, there's not a person behind there going, I'm going to set Georgia up with so-and-so. <laughs> um, it's just kind of happened through through either festivals, playing festivals where... So with Wayne... I, we were playing a festival in the UK um, called Wilderness and the Flaming Lips were headlining and I was on the main stage sort of early on and um, I was playing and then looked side of stage and Wayne was just like totally moshing out and I was like, <laughs> what? This is nuts. That's Wayne Coyne. And then that kind of started our friendship and our... So that happened like that and then all the rest of them have kind of happened in a similar way really but someone like Shania that came through I do quite a lot of work with Mark Ralph who's a producer and writer and mixer from the UK um and he helped me do Seeking Thrills and so we've become quite a sort of duo like record labels will actually ask for me and Mark um with certain various artists um and so mark kind of put my name forward for shania sessions so that's how that sort of happened but again it's quite organic it wasn't Mm -hmm. like you know um yeah and what what kind of really um i guess drew me to working with shania was that she wanted to work from scratch so she wanted to have these writing sessions where it was just like, let's get in the studio and write a song. So it wasn't like working on stuff that she was, you know, she had done. So that for me felt like a real opportunity. Um, so that was brilliant. I mean, you know, it's it's very hard. It's just, it happens, I think... They say, don't they, the best sort of collaborations happen organically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's always happened through the music or, or, um, well, yeah, just through the music, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like with artists, I 
don't know about you, in terms of going in and songwriting with other artists who obviously have very well-known back catalogues, I think my problem would be mm. going in and being, I'm writing with Shania Twain and not being able to get like, or like, do you know what I mean? Like the preconceived sound or notion that you have of those artists. Yeah. When you go in, is it just like a thing that you kind of, you yourself have to kind of scrap almost everything you know about them to no I don't think so I think I you know I'm I I I mean you're very much aware with someone like Shania like the the total success that she had with that record um in the 90s it was you know still like one of the highest I think she is the highest selling female artist of all time still so you know there's no way you can go into the (laughs) session and think yeah Yeah, I can't like not think about that and um but I, I actually thought well this is if you think about it as an opportunity um and see the history as of the artist as something that perhaps you can play on you know like definitely I thought oh you know I could write another sort of country dance song for her mm-hmm. you know so I did you, you do go in having done some research and list like you know that's that's just kind of um yeah a good way of like turning the opportunity into something yeah of course fruitful do you remember your own first introduction to songwriting and I guess what got you into um the art of of lyric writing and songwriting yeah gosh I was very much into, like, learning songs from a very early age. So it's like, I remember I remember my mum and dad buying me, like, a beginner's guide to songs um, on guitar. Now, mm-hmm. I was probably about 11 or 12. And um, it was when I could, you know, I, I, I was starting to really sort of find my way on the guitar and learn bar chords and different progressions and stuff. So I could read chords I could read the music and I guess I started flicking through this songbook and you know learning the kind of classics from Bob Dylan to mm-hmm. you know Joni Mitchell to you know um I remember learning a lot of T-Rex songs yeah. and <laughs> um Beatles um Beach Boys yeah lo- you know and then Soul Motown so I sort of and then I think it must have just gone from learning that to then trying to write my own sort of dabble in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, oh, well, maybe if if I sung this melody over this chord that's a bit like Fleetwood Mac, then it would be my own, you know. So I started to just explore, really. Yeah. Um, and the exploration turned into um, something more, and um, and I, 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 you know, suddenly got my hands on a four-track tape recorder and started to record various instruments onto the tape, and then record my vocals, and then kind of mess with it, add effects, and so it all started to kind of. Go a bit deeper, (laughs) and yeah, and then I started to learn about artists like Prince, or you know, kind of did it all themselves, and and I was a bit like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I don't need a band. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I can just do each element myself because 
I'm not a very probably as you can hear on this podcast I'm not a very articulate person so (laughs) I'm not really that great I've never been good in band situations because I've never been able to really communicate the idea which is probably um a great thing that I'm not in a band because people (laughs) would probably find me really frustrating um so I could just yeah just kind of did it all the time you know I I was lucky enough to have really supportive parents and they let me kind of stay up till midnight practicing guitar (laughs) and you know and and making weird noises out of my bedroom it really was just like that really um and yeah are they musically inclined in any way yeah my dad is in music Mm -hmm. my dad is in um quite a successful dance band called left field um yeah from the 90s and Mm -hmm. so there was lots of musical equipment around the house from from quite an early age so it was like you know i was in our flat you know there'd be like drum machines on the floor and I'd be I'd pick that up dad can I borrow this he'd be like yeah just don't break it you know so I was lucky enough to dip into all of the kind of electronic things from quite an early age as well and see the kind of capabilities of uh, the electronic world that's cool yeah so um no they had a big part to play in it yeah they, they were very encouraging they weren't like we, we don't want you to do this Georgia I mean they when when I did when it came to the kind of I want to find a record label and try and do this Mm. they were a little bit cautious Mm. just because they knew what a tough industry it was is Um, but they were always very supportive yeah that's cool that's that's lovely to hear Um, with Euphoric Mm. I know it's such an unfair kind of question to ask any artist because it's no. like picking a, f- a favourite child or something like that so I'm yeah. not going to say what's the favourite song mm. in terms of these, uh, these these this collection of songs is mm. there one that you're the most proudest of or like one that you hope kind of resonates with people yeah there's a song called So What and it's the end track and um, I was I wrote that song with Justin Parker who's a songwriter who wrote um video games with Lana Del Rey and Stay for Rihanna so he's like real serious like songwriter and and it was the first time going in with anybody of that caliber um personally and and kind of you know going let's write a song and you're like this guy wrote video (laughs) games you know um but it just worked and, and and me and Justin spent about three days in the studio and, and it was it was around the time of the coming out of the lockdown um, so everyone was kind of in quite a weird state really it was a bit like what's just happened trying to digest the world everything everything yeah. <laughs> um, you know the kind of idea of like society functioning normally again mm. um, and we sort of threw all that kind of emotions and and those those kind of feelings in that song so what um, and I just came out of those three days feeling like a songwriter for the first time um, it was a really enjoyable experience and um, I, I yeah I, I think Justin just I learned a lot of like how pop writing is is done and um 
Yeah, I really love that song. It's an optimistic ballad. Mm. And I always end my records with a ballad. It's kind of a sort of feature now, I think. But this one, even though the, you know, the message is like, you know, so what, whatever, we all make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's kind of flipped in a very positive context. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's quite clever. I, I really do love that song. Oh, I'd love to hear that. It's... um. I always find it very interesting. I know you just said, like, you felt like a real songwriter coming <laughs> out of that. For someone who's worked with, as we said, like, all these other artists, yeah. I always find it so interesting when... I feel like there's the... Not the goalposts move, but, like, that songwriters are continually... Mm. What's the word? I don't even know if it, I don't think it's, like, humble. It, it's a mm. thing of that, like, that you're still... In, uh, what is the word? Still impressing yourself. Still, mm. like, kind of, like... Learning. Still learning. It's, it's, it's an ever-evolving thing. Absolutely. But I just, it is a thing of, like, I just... Yeah, I find that incredible that you say, I felt like a real songwriter. It's like, look at all this other stuff you've done. <laughs> Do yeah, you know what I mean? right. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, actually. But I, I think part of this, why I love being in, in this kind of artistic world is that... Um, you are constantly learning. Mm. I don't go into any situation with a sort of complacency and a and a sort of um, feeling like um, I've conquered it. Mm. I know the formula. You yeah. know, I, I I really don't. And because every situation that I find myself in is is vastly different. Exactly, yeah. and you can kind of. I love the idea of this being a longevity career. You know, and and. I love the I love the idea of like growing as a musician or as a songwriter or as a singer, um, yeah, and the different kind of phases that you enter. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I mean I you know I've still got so much to learn, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's the excitement. That's what keeps me going, really. That's what keeps me wanting to create yeah. and do all that stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, as we've mentioned, you are here playing... Uh, you've played Sydney already and you're, I believe, playing the Interdoor in Melbourne this evening. Yeah. Seems like a silly question to ask, but it's an obvious one that we have to ask. Can we expect to see you back in Australia at some point in support of the record? Of course, yeah. I mean, we're, we're working on it. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that a couple of festivals next year and, um, you know, I would love to play um, as much as possible here I love it here and I, I'm so I'm such a fan of all the music that comes from from Australia and also just the way you guys like embrace like different sounding music I think mm-hmm. it's just so cool um, that you know you can be a bit weird and mm-hmm. indefinable <laughs> here and, and that's kind of the mainstream I like it it's funny but that is a very you've hit the nail on the head because yeah. I think we tend to we do have, like, some mainstream pop artists and they're fantastic mm. in their own right, so mm. no discrediting them, but it does seem like our most popular acts are, yeah, slightly left of centre, a little bit odd, but um, yeah. apparently we love the oddball, so... That's, I love that. <laughs> that's I'm, cool. I'm all for that because I'm a total oddball, you know. I know before we recorded you said looking at proper you'd fit right in here in Australia <laughs> if that's the case. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I mean, you know, I, 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 I've sort of fallen in love with this country, I think, <laughs> in this past week. Like, just being in Sydney and fully appreciating... I mean, I know, obviously, it's like a there's a lot of politics going on at the moment and it's the same in the UK. But I did have a moment. I just stood there by the harbour, by the Sydney Opera, and I was just like, God, this, this really is 
kind of incredible. Yeah, especially if you buy the harbour. I took like a, a moment of like, yeah. wow, and then I walked behind the harbour bridge and I found this like little area of kind of houses that look that were all from like the 19th century and yeah. it was like, I don't know, just suddenly... I was like, wow, this this city's like you discover something new about it, mm. and then being here in Melbourne, it's like totally different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's got its own cool thing yeah. going on, like ultra cool vibes <laughs> I'm getting from Melbourne. Um, yes, yeah, it just seems you go like you guys are really. At the moment, like, art seems to be a real thriving thing here. We do. We do love our art here. Mm. So, look, again, whenever you decide to, to come um, join us in, in a touring capacity or whatever kind of capacity, we look forward to it. Um, right. Georgia, we usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that you've got on high rotation? Well, yeah, I... I, I it's, it's an album that... Um, I just always have on rotation and um, it's Heim, um, the Women in Music part two. Uh, yeah. Um, I just, I, I found myself listening to that record all the time. Mm -hmm. Like since it came out, I listened to it like one, literally once a week. So I've, I've, I literally flew here listening to it <laughs> um so yeah Haim it's the girls it is a fantastic album I know that um we we also did have the lovely Rostam on the podcast a, a, very, a while ago wow. um, and we spoke about his involvement with that record because yeah. um he like it is an incredible record just the instrumentation and the sonics of, oh of, I love of, it of Heim, I went on so. tour with them actually did you? I, yeah I opened up for them in um, the UK last year mm -hmm. and it was just so incredible to see them play every day and like we've become really good friends and love that yeah <laughs> yeah it's felt like a real family being part of a family because of Rostam and of course yeah they're just I find them so inspirational Oh, look, I absolutely love that recommendation. Um, thank you so much for your time today, George. I do appreciate it. And congrats on Euphoric, which is the brand new record, which is out now. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 